0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Quest Podcast Episode 8. Um, it's been an eventful period since we last talked. The Game Awards actually happened. Luke and I got together and watched those together. Um, Cyberpunk finally released. We have some things to say about that.
1: Um, but before we get into all that, what have you been playing, Luke? So since we last talked, the two things that I've been playing mainly was Immortals Phoenix Rising and Yakuza. So just play more of those. Um, fun fact, I did not know this until it happened. Yakuza Like a Dragon has romance. Really? I did not know that until it just the option to like talk to one of the girls happened. And it was like, hey, you wanna? And I was like, wait, how many can I do it with? <laughs> so I like I Googled real quick to see like if this was just like a one thing, you know, like, oh, hey, look, it's the illusion. No, you, there's like the two main girls in your party and like a bunch of the side girls. And I was like, hmm. so it really is just hardcore persona. It's adult persona. Like it's just adult. Well, yeah. It's adults, you know, doing goofy Yakuza stuff. That's like a weird, serious crime drama. Uh, Ichiban's a shonen protagonist who's like all about friendship and loyalty and honor. And then, yeah, they give you the romance option for the girls and best part, same exact thing can happen if you romance all of them. They wow. will end you. <laughs> That's- and the bartender will try to save your skin. Just like Sojiro in Persona 5. That's crazy. It literally is just Persona, but better. Like, I-, I will argue this, that I think Yakuza Like a Dragon, from more of like a, at least for me, like the things they do in that game, I think are more fun. Mm. And it just, it feels better than Persona, if that makes sense. Like Persona feels good, but it's a PS3 game. And even Royal it is better than P5, but, like, still, you can kind of get a glimpse of, like, this is still kind of a PS3 game. Like, yeah. we're not at where Persona can be yet, and Yakuza Like a Dragon kind of shows me that this is where we could be, and it makes me really want an adult-oriented Persona that's not high school kids, or at the very least, just give us a college kid Persona, because mm-hmm. then you could have the, okay, date my classmates, but also date older women and not have it be weird. Right. Whereas in this one, it's just all, you know, because Ichiban's 40. All Mm. of the romance options are around that age, like they're 30 to 40 as well. So it's like this is literally just adults. It's adult persona and it's great. That's really cool. I'm I still haven't picked it up, Um, but everything
0: you've told me really makes me want to play it. Uh, Would you recommend
1: Xbox or PlayStation for that one? If you have a Series X, go for Xbox, just because it's already out. Mm-hmm. The PS5 version is going to come out later. Um, but, then this will kind of lead into another thing we're going to talk about later, but, you know, they just announced all the Yakuza games are now on Xbox. Yeah. On Game Pass. So, if you wanted to, you could buy Yakuza Like a Dragon, and then just go to Game Pass and download the, re- the other seven, because there's zero through six. Yeah, so, that's a... I forgot that they announced that. I'm going to have to get it on Xbox, I guess. I, I think, especially if you own Game Pass, it's just the cheapest way to get all of the games and run through them. Yeah, for sure. And uh, who knows? That might be a game series that we run through on our soon to actually come about YouTube channel. I'd be okay with that. They seem like very easy games to react to, if that makes sense. Oh, they, Oh, Oh, yeah. It'd be one of the things where I wish we'd do face cam, just to actually have people see, like, you making faces at some of the things mm-hmm. I've already shown BJ a uh, one video which was the uh Yakuza Zero uh in a nutshell and he, he seemed to like it and you know be interested in the series
0: um how's Immortals been I picked it up but I haven't played it yet
1: it's fun it's definitely <sighs> it's the best and worst parts of Odyssey and Zelda, hmm. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, mind you, um, because there are moments where, okay, so you can climb anything, right? but you don't have a boost to climb. You know how like in Zelda, you could press X and it'll jump? Yeah. yeah. You don't have that in Ordels, So you have to slowly climb stuff and just watch the stamina bar just fall. The gliding is, it feels a bit stiff compared to the, the glider. Hmm. The combat's great. It's definitely the Assassin's Creed combat style. So locking on, more action-oriented, you have your skills um, on the side. Um, so it, in my opinion, it feels better um, than Breath of the Wild, but that's just because Breath of the Wild was very Zelda, but trying to break out. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, it's it's like a solid game. I definitely recommend it if you like open-world titles mm-hmm. and like just want a fun action-adventure game, because it is that. I mean, it's, it's solid and definitely... This is going to be a series for Ubisoft from now on. Like, they're going to do stuff, especially because they have a DLC that's going to be the Chinese uh, Pantheon. Mm. So I definitely could see them just doing this over and over again. This is pretty much going to be Ubisoft's Percy Jackson. Or I'm sorry, B- GPJ, G- Peter Jackson. <laughs> it was a mistake, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it's fun. And it definitely, I, if this was more realistic... Mm-hmm. I could see this being the the replacement for Assassin's Creed. Wow! But this is cartoony and goofy, right? Um, there is one downside of the game that at first was kind of fun and cute and clever, but then it gets real annoying. Mm-hmm. Is Zeus and Prometheus constantly um, talk over your adventure uh, to give their little remarks? And at first, it's like, oh, this is kind of cool, unreliable narrator. It gets annoying real fast because you're just going, and then Zeus will be like. Why is he doing that? I'm just like, shut up. Just leave me alone. I'm just doing my thing, dog. That kind of sounds Kid Icarus-esque, but not charming. Well, Kid Icarus is, like, great. I I stand by that that game is phenomenal. Like, if you have a 3DS, because that's probably not going to be remade on the the Switch, you should play Kid Icarus as a great game. Yeah, it's it's one of the best on 3DS. Um,
0: Speaking of... Immortals being similar to Zelda, that is all I've been playing, pretty much. I beat Melody of Memory, and then I just jumped right into Hyrule Warriors. Um, I'm trying to 100% it, and I think I have about three goals left until I finish out the whole map. Um, It's, I mean, it's a Warriors game, but the original Hyrule Warriors, I told you guys, I spent so many hours on Wii U playing that, so I really feel like I owe it to myself to do everything I can in this game, especially since there's not quite as much content. So, but I mean, there's I'm I'm at 50 hours, and I'm still having fun with it, so
1: definitely worth the time I put in. I sped through that one. I'm not doing what you did. I just went, okay, story, 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 and went through. Right? So I've, I've beaten the story of Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. Uh, eh. I beat the uh,
0: the main story. Okay, the, the main campaign. Okay. The main campaign, and spoilers for Hyrule Warriors. Um, time travel. <laughs> yeah, time travel is a big part of this. Uh, Sidon and the other new champions, you could say, come back from the future to stop their ancestors from dying, and that turns the tide of the war, whatnot. But uh, after you beat the main story... All of these, Terrico, who is the little white uh, guardian robot that is not evil, except for like one point in the game, Uh, he gets broken, and the whole thing is you have to rebuild him, and once you rebuild him, you unlock him as a character, and he is the cheapest character in the game.
1: (laughs) So far, I think my least favorite has been Impa. You don't like Impa? Well, gameplay-wise. Like, she's a cool person, like, and I like her character, but, like, playing as her seems very, eh. Like, I- I'm still not used to, like, okay, you have to s- just set these signs, and then you get m- copies of yourself, and then doing all, and I'm just like, I- yo, just give me a weapon, let me swing it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get, th- like, I don't get it. Whereas everybody else just kind of was very straightforward, just like, I swing the sword, hey, you got these things, like, is just, all right, tank. Yeah. Like, Mifa, Mifa was fun to play, inside inside into. But yeah, I don't know. Impa was the one where I'm just like, I don't know how you play. I don't, know, I don't like how you play. So Impa
0: is like my favorite character. Every time I have a mission where you can choose like two or three characters, it's always Link, Impa, and maybe like Mifa or Terako now. But um, <clears throat> once you get to the point where she has the three special bars. And you get all the way up to three symbols with the whole army of other impas. You can build all three of those bars before the symbols run out that way, and it's so cheap
1: and good. I guess just the way I I I think why I'm not good at it is because this Warriors game is more technical. Yeah, that could so be like so, like well, and maybe I'm speaking out of nowhere, but when I've played Warriors game in the past, I just spam. Yeah, and in that like especially a uh, Hyrule Warriors the first one, you could just spam every character even, like, magic-based characters or whatever, but mm. Impa's, like, a bit more technical than that, so you can't just hit the same button over and over again. You got a combo. You gotta do stuff. Right. Which this game has a lot of that, so I, I give it I give it the credit it's due. It's definitely one of my favorite Warriors games to play because, eh. But, yeah, my my main gripe is the story, which it has grown on me the more I've thought about it mm-hmm. until I thought that, uh, are they gonna make this tie into two? I think if they do... It'll be
0: very, very minor, and I think it'll just be an offhanded line by one of the characters that actually does travel back, because at the end of the game, they do go back to their own timeline. Um, I think it's just going to be like a Dragon Ball Z type of thing, where it's like, oh, we went to the past and saved everyone, but that didn't affect our timeline. Um, But I think it might. It's just going to be like, well, how much story are they going to actually let them put into this one?
1: Well, okay, so the main villain of this story, what was his name again? Astor. That's it. Um, I went back and rewatched Breath of the Wild 2's trailer. Mm -hmm. That corpse under Hyrule or whatever looks more like Aster now that I look at it than it does like a petrified Ganon. Interesting. And it makes me go, okay, is this why they did Hyrule Warriors first? Was to make you, okay, hey, look, Astor, he's now a thing instead of just having them show up in two and have to force that backstory in. Right. Because, again, the whole point of Breath of the Wild's the sequel is that it was all DLC, mm-hmm. that they then went, we got too much here, you want to make a full game, and they decided, sure. So we were going to get more DLC for Breath of the Wild, but instead, we got a sequel. Right. So I wonder how much of that was... Because, again, the Koi Tecmo worked closely with the Zelda team. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they just kind of went, oh, whatever. It was, no, we're going to make... A full-on, in-canon Zelda story, just with our gameplay. I was actually kind of disappointed that he was an original
0: character. Uh, Yeah, I was kind of hoping, because when I saw him originally, and I saw that little bit of hair hanging down from his hood, I was like, yo,
1: that's Yuga. Ooh, that would have been actually kind of cool, yeah, right? But I kind of like that... uh, we also didn't fight Calamity Ganon. Mm-hmm. Like it was like Ganon but like humanoid. Yeah.
0: It it made me think about the uh what the second game will be like because when you do eventually fight Calamity Ganon, um he's just possessed something else and he does look similar to the uh the final boss in the well the second to final boss in the original. Um but the uh the Harbinger of Ganon I think it is. Yeah. Is the um the opposite of Terrico, the Dark Guardian or whatever. Looking at him made me think, well, if this game had never happened, which it doesn't in the continuity of the first, if the Harbinger had been around and was left to stew in the sanctuary for a long time, I think he could have eventually evolved into the second to final boss of Breath of the Wild, if that makes sense.
1: Well, yeah, because, like, that's kind of the... Because you still fight the Blights. Yeah. And so it kind of makes sense that, like, over time, it just kind of goes more grotesque mm-hmm. and, like, feeds off the power of the Guardians and all this other stuff. So, like, it, it feels like a an unnatural progression, but it feels like that's what would happen. Yeah. um, So it looks cool. Like, I, I like the designs they gave them, and I, I like the designs of everything in that game. Like, I love Breath of the Wild's art style. But, yeah, this... It makes me wonder where 2 is going to go, if they are going to mention Hyrule Warriors, and if not, then this means you now have another timeline to play around in. Yeah. So now you can do a timeline where everything happened. Cool, now, okay, what about the next game? Hyrule, Age of Calamity or Age of the Giga Clan, mm-hmm. right? Now they're the main villains, and you got to focus on them or whatever. It's, it's interesting to me in the way that it seems like Breath
0: of the Wild was supposed to be the thing that was like, all right, in this confusing timeline shit, just get it all into one direct line, and then immediately
1: after that, they were like, "Okay, there's two timelines." It was, I, I was watching a podcast, which was um, Easy Allies spoiler mode, which we have history with with Final Fantasy. Yes. But uh, they were talking. It was it was the spoiler mode dudes. I think someone from Game Trailers or GameSpot I don't know. And then Rogers Base mm. talking about Calam- Age of Calamity, and it was that I, I watched that immediately once I finished the game. And I was just like, okay, I want to know what they think. And it was kind of like they were all pretty all right with, you know, the timeline stuff. And I think it's because Zelda's done this before. Yeah. I mean, Ocarina of Time's whole point is, guess what? This split into three different timelines. And it's like, but only two links exist. Actually, you got a game over in that game. That counts. Yeah. So, yeah, we could do a whole podcast on just the timeline of Zelda just because of how confusing it is. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to. Don't worry. (laughs) I'll have to bring out my,
0: uh, Zelda encyclopedias, which I know there are four of at least
1: now. So I just like watching those, like someone compiled an entire, like, have you seen the, the timeline by Brian, uh, guilt because Brian, the polygon dude, I haven't No, Uh, I think it's Brian, David guilt, something like that, but he's funny, dude. It's, it's the uh, unscripted or unsolved. It's a polygon show and you'll, you'll be able to find it very you just type in Polygon Brian mm-hmm. and he's there. Um but he he very much is just this hilarious dude who makes funny like he did an entire uh thing about every final fan or every uh fire character ranked which was <laughs> every, every oh man every fireman character. There was hundreds. Um he did uh I think he did a Kingdom Hearts one which was just a funny thing about how confusing the story is mm-hmm. which wasn't that confusing until they made Dream Drop Distance. But uh, yeah, I'm still not I'm still not over the fact that you ruined 358's title for me. In what way? I don't remember what you're talking. You about. said it was three five eight days over two, and you were like, it's three hundred fifty eight days over two screens. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't stop thinking about it, and now it upsets me. Oh yeah, I remember that. But I mean, with their uh, I know with their naming convention, it makes sense. But shut up, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I was happy in the blissful ignorance of not knowing what over two meant. Birth by Sleep, because PSP, when you take it out of sleep mode, the game starts back where it left off. PSP was an underrated gem. Like, I honestly, like, the DS and the Game Boy just swamped it. Yeah. But, like, PSP had some solid games. PSP has some great games.
0: That's where I played The Force Unleashed originally, and that's always the version that I go back to.
1: That was where, um, granted, I played on my PS Vita, but they put Persona 3 on there. Yeah. With with a a female version of the main character which and was, that's a lot of people's favorite version of that game mm-hmm. so yeah I, I think the psp definitely i i wish we would get more handhelds than just nintendo yeah it's like i like nintendo and uh, granted yeah i have less to buy because mm-hmm. it's like if sony was also making another playstation portable that was like next gen cool stuff and then i now had to buy that as well as switch games so, I've I've seen some reports about
0: Sony possibly working on some sort of handheld, but it'll be different from every other handheld before it, besides, like, the Vita, in a way, um, because they want it mostly to focus on cloud gaming. Which makes sense.
1: I, yeah. I, I kind of want Xbox to do the same, but they kind of already do that with, like, if you have an Am- like Amazon phone, uh, Android phone, mm-hmm. then yeah, it works. And they're working on the the iOS updates for it, but... I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I'm, I think cloud gaming is going to be a way to go. Yeah. Like, from this point forward. Like, it's not the future that I think people, that some of these people think it is. Like, I feel like they are rushing cloud gaming, mm. but we're at a point where, like, it's becoming more viable. Like, with, with internet being more accessible to people and, like, connections being better. But re- you got to remember, a lot of these people, like, making these, like Google Stadia and all this xCloud, they're being made by people who, who have fiber yeah who can work in their own home and their office and be fine like me and BJ live in the sticks yeah like i literally just had my internet being cut for 3 days that's I- a lot of the reason why uh we didn't talk about the game awards sooner was because
0: luke's internet went out for a whole 3 day span even during the game awards where uh we had to meet up at my place and watch the game awards and a little viewing
1: party there the original plan was we were going to go out to my little air, like living room area Set up the Xbox, go to Twitch, do the whole thing. But nah, I had to go to BJ's house, which was still fun, don't get me wrong. I still had a great time. Yeah, freaked out over a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, my sister, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but the biggest look of horror came across her face when me and you both just started screaming
1: at the first two notes of One Winged Angel. (laughs) (laughs) I've never, like... Besides Joker, I think I've never had that much of a visceral reaction to a Smash Bros. reveal. Like Banjo, I was like, oh yes, let's go. Dragon Quest thing, I was like, all right, that's sick. Like everything was like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But Joker, I screamed. One main angel, you and me were going, no way, no way. Oh my gosh, they didn't. Oh my like it was like that old uh That ain't Falco melee video. (laughs) That ain't Falco Wombo combo.
0: It was a it was a great time to be had, except for my sister's
1: poor eardrums. I I'm so excited. Cause it, it's coming out this month too. Like this isn't just like a alright, it's coming soon, whatever. You'll have it when you have it. But I'm I'm excited because Sephiroth. Right. And now we're getting One Wing Angel, which apparently it's gonna be the Advent Children rock remix that's put it in the game. Cause wow. that's what they use for the trailer. I heard that they were actually doing uh,
0: a few more songs than that. Please, I heard all we that, had is uh, one
1: song, and we're getting a second stage. That's cool.
0: Yeah, and it the stage is what excites me more than anything because it looks exactly like the live stream stage from uh, Dissidia. Ooh, yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, we had many fun uh, church outings where we would just avoid everyone and play Cloud
1: v Sephiroth on that stage. I remember playing Dissidia with you because you were always so high level and yeah. I wasn't. The only character I had that was high level was Zidane. <laughs> there was a lot of matches where it was just Zidane versus Zidane because <laughs> that was the only one that like I knew how to play. <laughs> yeah. That game is underrated. Like, I love Dissidia, and I, I hate that they went the route they did with the PS4 version or I guess the arcade version. They got a port. Yeah. But yeah, man, Dissidio 12 was such a phenomenal game. I love that game so much. Yeah, that was that's one of the
0: pillars of the PSP to me. But uh besides just Sephiroth, there were a lot of announcements that I had no anticipation or expectation for at these awards. I think the biggest one was Perfect Dark. Neither you or me saw that one coming at all. Yeah, like in my mind Perfect Dark has been dead and will stay dead. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, and then that
1: title card popped up, and I was like, everything is changing. Well, like at first we we're just like, "Alright, whatever. Then it goes Agent Dark, and I he- I heard you go, wait, <laughs> and I was like, what? And I didn't like, I hadn't even in my head go, oh yeah, Perfect Dark's dead. So even when they said Agent Dark, I didn't even think of Perfect Dark. I was just like, all right, Agent Dark, cool, whatever. And then you're like, wait, and I'm like, what? And then I see the logo, and I was like,
0: no way. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was huge. Um, an old school rare property is coming back, granted by a different company, but the initiative seems cool. Yeah, like the uh,
1: the style of that game and the world that it's in, definitely interesting. I mean, I'm all for it because like anybody who knows the old console wars, you know, slogans. It was mm-hmm. Xbox, the FPS, you know, console, and now we're getting an FPS in the form of a new Perfect Dark. Mm -hmm. now being made with this game is being made in the years that we've had Doom, Metro um, all of the Bioshocks yeah, and just Wolfenstein so we now have so many FPS story driven games that this can kind of bounce off of Mm -hmm. that I'm excited to see where they go with this yeah definitely Um,
0: I really hope that it does well
1: yeah, I mean, I th- and this is why I think Xbox is in a really interesting spot, mm-hmm. because right now, PlayStation 5 is banger after banger after banger. Xbox has nothing really. Yeah. But you they- can tell they're setting up to have banger after banger. We're they're, just not there yet. They're setting the board. Like, if this was a Yu-Gi-Oh duel, um, you, it's literally like, all right, so PlayStation's set in the field with monster cards that are yeah. like strong monsters. Microsofts coming in with the trap cards the, like the the small monsters that if you t- attack them they'll s- summon a new guy mm-hmm. like they're setting the field they're ready for the future and i think that's really good cuz i i will say this like playstation has me just on you know quality alone but microsoft has me invested yeah. where it's like i'm i want to see fable i want to see the next forza i want to see what next gear's project you have i want to play halo infinite perfect dark looks dope And, like, who knows? They're bringing Perfect Dark back. What's to stop them from going, here's Banjo 3? Yeah, I think they're building up to that, actually.
0: Um, With them bringing back Fable, Perfect Dark, all these things, I think what they're trying to do is, like, build up what people remember from the old days. And then once they have that small little library, they're just going to punch you in the gut with
1: Banjo or Conquer. They're also, I mean, they also now have the Bethesda library. Yeah. where it's like, okay, n- w- imagine an E3 one year where it's like, okay, Banjo gets announced, Elder Scrolls Six gets announced, we get a new Doom, we now have like, oh, hey, guess what? We're going to do another Jet Set Radio game. Mm-hmm. Like, they just go nostalgia, but like bringing these back.
0: I think Jet Set Radio is very um, likely now, especially with them looking so heavily into Japanese games. Uh, the past couple of years, they've announced
1: a lot of the more anime-style stuff at their conferences. Scarlet Nexus is a big one that we both, I think you and me are excited about now. I was excited before, but... I hadn't heard of it, um, but I'm a
0: huge Code Vein fan, and Luke showed me the trailer for Scarlet Nexus, and I was like, okay,
1: this is sick. Yeah, we also saw it uh, at the Game Awards too, which I think reinvented that. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, this is bringing more, because I hadn't seen anything since E3, Mm -hmm. but they said yeah. And I think think this is a timed exclusive for Xbox to want to say they said it's coming to PlayStation at some point. So I think I think you're gonna see a lot more of this where Xbox is gonna kind of dip their toe into the play this year first, right? But they're gonna but they're now reaching out to Japanese companies. It's not just look how cool this you know realistic looking game is. It's like no, we're gonna to try to get the niche Japanese audience to look at us. Yeah, and I think I think it's gonna work because yeah, they're they're peeking in and we we have like uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, which granted, but Bethesda, but you know Tango. Yeah. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see where they go because I want to know what, what they have up their sleeve. Because they said they're not done purchasing stuff. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think I'm going to have to wait for their first,
0: like, new announcement to come out, like a Fable or a Perfect Dark, to finally, like, go all in and be like, okay, I trust this, you know, because we, we've seen all the things that they're doing, but we haven't seen the final results
1: yet. So I think realistically for me, it's going to be how well Halo does. Because so I think that's going to be the first, and that's got pushed to fall. So yeah, I think realistically if Halo does bad, then I'm going to have little hope. But like, if Halo comes out and is all of a sudden a banger, and especially now because they pushed it. They said, it's not ready. We're going to wait till fall of next year. We pushed this a year away. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to work on it. And now I think they have more time cause I'm saying like what's stopping you from getting some of the id guys to show up and help out? Yeah. What's stopping you from getting people who worked on Wolfenstein? What's stopping cause you bought the Bethesda guys who mm-hmm. when you think of Bethesda, your first thought is probably first person. Yeah. So like why not grab people who've worked on these games to help with it for FPS? So I I mean I'd say go for it. Try to make Halo, because Halo's Halo. That is you when you think Xbox, you think of Master Chief, you think of the Halo franchise.
0: Yeah. And for sure.
1: S- sadly Halo 5 sucked. Mm-hmm. I, I think Halo 4 was alright, but like still, yeah. But yeah, it's one of those games where you gotta do it right. You've been pretty much dead in the water since 2015. So Yeah, and I think they're taking the steps to make sure that they do as much as they can
0: to make it feel like it's worth it. Um, I, I still stand by the fact that they need to drop Last Gen to make this game work.
1: Well, Yeah. There's another game that that should have done that, but you know, we can if you want to get to that later, we can. But yeah,
0: we're uh, we're definitely gonna have to talk about that. Um, A few other things that were announced at the Game Awards that I personally never thought I'd see
1: again: Ghouls and Goblins. Ghouls and Goblins was huge for me. Um, Like when I and and it's a Switch game. Like I don't did they say that's coming to PS. PlayStation or Xbox, or is it just Switch right now? I think they said it was a Switch-timed exclusive. That's still cool. That's going to do well on the Switch.
0: Yeah, uh, the PSP version of uh, Ghosts and Goblins was one of the most popular ones, I think, because of its portability. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll do really well on there. Um, That, and then uh, BioWare finally said, maybe we should stop
1: shitting in our own bed. So... As a Mass Effect fan, I am both happy and so worried. <laughs> because I, I, I've i said this before. I don't think Andromeda was nearly as bad as it got. Granted, it launched terribly, mm-hmm. like another game we're going to talk about. But I would have loved to see a sequel and see what else they do with that world. Right. But now we're not doing that. And this, this uh, sequel that's apparently back in the Milky Way, because that was Liara. Mm-hmm. Um, It pretty much proves that there is a canon ending to the trilogy. Yeah, which which is massive. It's massive, but also a little gut-punchy, because, like, what about the people who didn't pick that ending, you know? Yeah, but, I mean... Now it's like, hey, your ending isn't canon, despite how much you like it. This one is. From what I remember, nobody liked any of the endings. It wasn't that they didn't like the endings, it's just that the... The the company said, like especially Casey Hudson and his team was like, "Hey, this isn't gonna be just a colored choice you pick. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be r- realistic consequences and whatever." And it came out as us oh, the blue choice and it's the red choice. And it was like it was only there was red lighting on one side, blue lighting on the other, oh. and it was very much just a all right, pick one. Well, I'll see that
0: soon enough for myself. Yeah. Uh, that'll be one of our first um, playthroughs together. But uh, that and Dragon Age
1: got me really excited. I am both excited and again, like like with Mass Effect, terrified because one of the it's things It's the Bioware catchphrase now. Well, the thing about Dragon Age, right, is unlike Mass Effect, Dragon Age's whole thing is each game is a new protagonist. Right. Every one of them. Granted, they'll have characters from the previous games, well, except the first game because mm-hmm. that's an unspoken character, you know, whatever. They don't show up ever again. Hawk from two shows up in Inquisition and so do a lot of those characters show up like characters from the previous games do show up Mm -hmm. this game because of how connected Inquisition is to the new villain it makes me wish that because they mentioned in the trailer we're looking for a new hero a new whatever and it's like let me be the Inquisitor because Inquisition is so so detrimental to that ending, like the way Inquisition ends, in the in a by the way, in a DLC, the true ending is in a DLC that you had to pay for. Mm. There you go, EA. Um, that made you go, okay. Well, it has to be the Inquisitor versus the Dreadwolf, right? And I kind of hate that you saw that. I don't know how well you remember that trailer, but straight up spoils Inquisition. I, uh, I don't remember much at all because I was just like watching
0: your reaction. Um, I remember seeing the Bioware logo and then they were like, Oh, it's Dragon Age. And then I was like, Oh, Luke, look, it's that thing
1: you like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's one of those things where I, I hope you didn't pay too much attention and don't watch it ever again. Because mm-hmm. if we're gonna play through the Dragon Age series, I want that that reveal um to be really like hit because it hits you, especially if you like get to know the characters. Mm-hmm. Cause then you're sitting there going, Wait, what happened? And you see the dread wolf and you go, Yo, it's you? And you can have this heartfelt conversation or get straight up pissed. And it's still so satisfying either way. So I'm I'm excited for you to, to get to know that world. I'll avoid everything about it like the plague, so that when we play it, it's all very fresh. It's still I I even even Dragon Age at its worst is still fun because the lore of the worlds are so good. That's what I've heard. Um there are people that could major in the Mass
0: Effect lore. Not Mass Effect, sorry. Me Dragon both, Age, me both technically. Yeah, I mean Mass Effect is a whole gas galaxy of stuff that you could learn. Um, but despite just the announcements, we do have to go over the winners of some of these awards um, because I feel like one game just kind of uh, took over the game awards in spots that
1: it did not deserve. I'm gonna be real with you, Doug. I do not know. How Well, I mean, I think I know how, just because it's the way the industry works, because mm-hmm. it's a popularity contest, right? And last of us like swept that award show. Yeah, it was it was shocking to see how many things it won. Um, and that's not to say that we think the game is bad. We talked a lot about it on the Game Wards podcast, where we, we both think it's a good game, right? But there are things that I, I just think did better, one of them being the accessibility. Yeah, innovation and accessibility goes to The Last of Us Part Two for some fucking reason. Like, I don't remember, like, what they showed you was this weird color thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. I, I'm assuming it had something to do with colorblindness, but... Okay,
0: Assassin's, even then, Assassin's
1: Creed has a colorblind mode. Assassin's
0: then- Creed does that and covers pretty
1: much everything else you could possibly think of. It's It's real annoying. Like again, I I will give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's where it's due. Yeah. Um one thing that
0: I think we can agree on that was well deserved was uh Final Fantasy for score soundtrack and uh role playing game. Yes. So that was that felt vindicating to me that uh they actually
1: won those awards. Um, I mean, we talked so much about that soundtrack, yeah, in both the Game Awards and the our music music podcast, yeah. So, yeah, I think in general that's such a well-deserved award. And then, yeah, even even me, who I was like, I my award went to Yakuza, Mm -hmm. still well deserved for Final Fantasy because it's such a good. It makes me realize how widespread RPG means, though. Yeah, it's because Final Fantasy VII is not a traditional RPG; it is an action RPG that has sprinkles of traditional in it mm-hmm. whereas yakuza is more traditional uh what was the other ones on that list it was uh yakuza Personified royal it's more traditional wastelanders 3 is an asymmetric strategy rpg yeah one of the most traditional you can get so like it it's so interesting to see how many can fit that bill mm-hmm. i'm surprised they didn't throw last of us in there because you can craft weapons yeah that's uh i would have been very angry I, I again we joke, but like it, that's what it felt like was Last of Us was taking awards that it really didn't feel like it deserved. Um, BJ sent me a meme of the there was someone from Naughty Dog accepting the award where it was someone in his office and yeah. this lady outside the window. Let me
0: paint this picture for you guys. Uh,
1: they, they had someone
0: else from Naughty Dog accept all these awards. Um, the one that I was really happy to see
1: was Laura Bailey. Oh, yeah. That one um, was deserved. I Of all Last of Us awards, that was the most deserved one. Yeah. Say what you will about the story and about whatever. This is about the performance. And yeah. again, we've gushed about it. Laura Bailey did such a great job as Abby. Whatever you feel about her character, if you hated her, it's probably because of her performance. Because exactly. you weren't supposed to like her necessarily. Like You were supposed to sympathize, but you can go away hating her. Mm-hmm. And it's because of how well it was acted. So that was deserved, but definitely. Um, so it gets to, I can't remember which
0: award this was that, uh, the last of us had won, but it cuts to this man in his th- home office. I think it was the accessibility one. Probably. Um, I don't know why they did this or why they thought this was a good idea. COVID, Huh? They were being social distancing. Well, yeah,
1: but like still there's better ways to do this. Well, it's like, and also they had to give her a microphone. Yeah. So like they technically they had to not social distance for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, the
0: scene opens with this man sitting at his home office computer talking into the zoom camera about how he's thankful for this award. Um, But over his left shoulder is a window leading out to his driveway. And there's a woman standing in the window who I assume worked on the game. Could have just been a home intruder that he didn't notice um, but she's standing there like nodding in the window. And it's the creepiest thing that I've seen probably all year.
1: <laughs> it was like, I don't know, man. It, it felt like a lot. And I, I, I'll say this. And this is something that I noticed. I rewatched it because someone else mentioned this. Shout out to uh, Mr. Matty Plays on YouTube. Yeah. I watch his content on his podcast, the Ham Radio podcast. He mentioned something that I, I wouldn't look back on. But Jeff Keighley was like super excited and then the Mass Effect trailer showed up, and then he seemed so defeated. So I I don't know if there was miscommunication on what that was or if there was supposed to be more, or I don't know. Maybe it was the whole award show because people keep calling him a hack and all sorts of other stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's like he's just trying to make a good entertainment thing. Right. I mean, he's... Say what you will, he's kind of corny, but... He's
0: trying to do something for the gaming community that otherwise wouldn't get done, I think.
1: The way I look at it is that, realistically, the Game Awards are the more, like, entertainment-heavy one. Yeah. Whereas the Golden Joysticks are more of, like... okay, this is kind of like the... This is the the snob award show, where it's, like, the people who really care about, like... Oh, like, my elite gaming uh, criteria or whatever. Hmm. Game Awards is fun. Because we get all these cool announcements... They try to make it more enjoyable, like they did. You know, we we laughed at it, but the snap, the Snapchat or Instagram filters or whatever, and it's like, yeah, we we poked fun at that whole thing, but like mostly just because of how they presented the uh, the user submissions. Yeah, but um, it, you know, it's it's all fun and games. Like it's meant to be entertaining. Like it's not meant to be taken like super seriously. Mm-hmm. Like say what you will. Like you can get mad at an award all you want. Who cares? At the end of the day. The game that you that you like got nominated anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's enough of a recognition for you, and they're probably still going to make a Game
1: of the Year edition. Yeah, because, like, guess what? That's not how they make Game of the Year editions. They look at, ev- if as, even if some random, like, me and you could give a Game of the Year award to a, a, a game, and I guarantee you if one company heard this review, they'd go slap it on the cover. Yep. Just because, hey, somebody said it. Mm-hmm. So, like, anytime you see a Game of the Year edition, it means jack. Yeah. So, like, eh. I mean, it's it's just more proof that you should come to your own
0: conclusions, I think. Um, Form your own opinions based on what you like and not what other people say. Um, Which kind of leads us into our next topic. Uh, Within the past few weeks, a massive release, probably the biggest of the years, happened. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077
1: finally hit sore shelves it, and it hit for some people it hit a day earlier because you could you know reset your clock on your Xbox to New Zealand time mm-hmm. or I think it on PC or some. it basically a whole thing where technically it was the ninth for some people right but Cyberpunk released and I being the super excited kid I am ran, drove on down to GameStop I had no internet, but I said, hey, screw it. I'll just install the game and start playing it. I'll update it later. Uh, speaking of which, um,
0: while we were watching the Game Awards, Luke had carried his whole Xbox to my house
1: to update the game. <laughs> which I wouldn't have done that if the game wasn't so buggy and broken on my. And I had. Now, I'd like to point out all the news articles you'll see, they'll say base Xbox One and base PS4. Mm-hmm. And that is true. Those are the worst places to play this game. However,. I have an Xbox One X. So the most upgraded 4K edition of the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And it still was bad. Like they were, like the first mission in the game, like the first prologue, like after your life path, which I'll get into that in a second. I'm very mad at the life paths. Jackie T-posed through the whole mission. It was so like Yikes. glaringly like, oh my gosh. I got past the mission, but still like... There were just some problems dude like things would load in at the most whack moments your your map marker like the way it tells you here's the trail to your next mission would Mm -hmm. bug out and tell me to go one way then all of a sudden back the other and then all sorts of places so i had to like figure it out on my own the game like crashed on its fps's so like i was in gunfights can't hit anybody suddenly it turns into super hot yeah so, like, I'm, I'm just like, oh, man. like And so I even told BJ, I'm like, yo, I'm going to need to update this game. You, I'm going to have to bring this to your house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cyberpunk has had arguably one of the worst um, launches, realistically. Probably up there with, like, No Man's Sky and Fallout 76 and mm-hmm. Anthem, where it's like these games come out. And they are trash. The difference here is that Cyberpunk has a really good baseline. Right. The open world is very fun to drive around and walk around in. Mm -hmm. The story is phenomenal. I love where I'm at now. And granted, I haven't beaten the game yet. So they could completely just crap the bed. Because apparently there's five endings. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So we'll see how that goes. Um but characters are great. I've actually felt things in this game. Like when, here's the thing, when the game works, it's a great game. And that's, I think all that needs to be said is, is when it works. And that already should tell you, if you are thinking of buying this game, wait, yeah, they, they've said they're putting their. So they got a hot fix, but their first official patch, like an actual patch is going to be in January. And then one in February. So realistically, I would start looking into this game after February, which sucks to say, because yeah. this game oh, it's it's like I'm having so much fun with it when it works. <laughs> like, I've gotten so I, I'm, I, I bought the game twice. I'd like to point that out. I bought it on Xbox One, because that's what I pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, I cannot play it on this console. So I went and bought a PS4 copy just so I could have it just so I could play it on my PS5 and it is it is a lot better there are still some problems one of which is the game crashes uh the more I travel the open world like it's fine if I'm in missions and close quarters you know doing story bits it never t- crashes the uh the number you gave me was four times over five hours right yep and that was me doing a bunch of side quests So it it feels like, again, it's I I've never in my entire life playing on console has had a game crash on me. This game's crashed more times in one day than I have had in my entire life. That's insane to me. It sucks because I love this game. Mm -hmm. But man, because I love it so much, I got to give it some shit. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: that's fair. Uh, You have a better take than all of Reddit on this situation. Um, I, when it was coming out, I had considered picking it up. Um, I almost convinced you to, I was going like, "Yo, you got to get it. We're going to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but then I found out that the next gen versions weren't coming out until later. So my ultimate decision was, well, I'll wait for the PS five specific version. And now I am very glad that I did that. Um, I mean, I, I know the story is going to be good. I know it's going to be worth playing. It's just, I don't want to get immersed and then have it crash on me. Um, so I will definitely wait for next gen. And even then I'll probably wait to see what people are saying about the bug fixes there.
1: I, I even think like, I, I made a, I made a little comment to BJ saying, Oh, we can play Cyberpunk on the channel just cause like, you know, we'll just use my PS5, but like even still, yeah, part of me just goes, "Why just wait. Yeah, just because like, yeah, like I'd rather you enjoy the game like all the way through and not like because like I like this game and I'm willing to put up with things. But mm-hmm. like even then, there are times where I'm just so like, I don't want to touch this anymore. Yeah, like on my, the reason I got the PS5 version with or PS4 version was because there was a bug on the Xbox one where I couldn't progress through a mission.
0: Oh. Like
1: there were there were turrets I had to shoot at, but my bullets were going through them. And so I'm, I'm in a helicopter circling, just kept circling, kept circling. So I was just like, right, I reloaded, did it again. Same thing. Reloaded again. Same thing. And I was so angry at how this thing worked Man. that I was just like, God dang it. Which is, I hope that's not
0: widespread because I would feel so bad for the people that bought the Cyberpunk edition Xboxes.
1: <laughs> a, a console they, cr- they, they put out that doesn't even run on man that's uh that's a sad scenario i i think and in general so he mentioned reddit and how they're reacting to it so you have two cyberpunk subreddits mm-hmm. the main cyberpunk reddit which is just trashing the game to the point where like there are people claiming that like you know and to be fair they're talking about different games like they're they're bringing up red dead redemption 2 and gta 5 pretty much rockstar is like oh this this isn't like rockstar's games and it's like to one st- standard yes red dead 2 launched phenomenally on console and ran really well even on the base consoles despite how amazing that game looks mm-hmm. also that game is a is not a huge city right it is a lot of barren lands it's a lot more spread out but still that game does look phenomenal on its current gen hardware that game also i i i, I don't know But I'm pretty sure Red Dead 2 has been in development way longer than Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was announced in 2012, but didn't actually hit development, even like pre-production, until after Blood and Wine, The Witcher DLC was done. Mm. So realistically, they had around four, maybe less years in development. And there was even an article that says they cut production and started fresh, or something like that, somewhere in between. So they had arguably less time. So, I, I didn't know that they had, had that uh, cut where they had to restart. I, I don't think it was a full restart, but there was a point where they had to like scrap s- a bunch of yes. stuff. And you can tell because there was a lot of things. Like first and foremost, they said there was going to be wall running, mm-hmm. which is not in the game at all. Yet you can tell areas where I should be able to. should have been able to. Yeah. <clears throat> full, like I've been in a lot of areas where there's an open window, yet there's no way I can get to it. Mm. But you can tell it's like, oh, if I just wall run up there, it would work. But yeah. So you can tell that was meant to be in the game. There's also just things that despite being like being said should be in the game, aren't. Like, the only time you can customize your character is in the customization menu. There's no there's no barbershops. There's no places to change your looks. That's you, really you can weird. change your clothes, because that's armor. But mm. everything else. Nah. Your cyberware all that stuff on your face stays. You can't get new tattoos. Like, it's all just standard stuff. And I'm like, what? Why? That's really strange. And it comes down to, part of me goes, okay, so realistically, when you actually think about this, they had four years to make a game they've they've never made before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had, they had, they had like three years of planning and getting stuff. Um, Plus, apparently, Keanu Reeves was supposed to have less of an, less time on the game mm-hmm. but Keanu liked the character so much he like begged them to uh, to put more in there so apparently now and which is fair jo- uh, Johnny Silverhand is everywhere and it's, uh, it's kind of cool like he makes he makes you talk to him in important story moments mm-hmm. so it's, it's really cool but like that probably cost them a lot more money
0: because yeah. now they have
1: to now they had to put Johnny in everything so I that actually makes me pretty happy Uh, Just because
0: Keanu loved it so much that he wanted to do more with the character. Um, I hope that that kind of is a catalyst for other big-name actors to want to jump into the gaming space. Um, So that's really cool. I think a lot of people aren't really taking into account... Like, most of the people that are CG Project Red fans started playing The Witcher with The Witcher Game of the Year Edition. Um... When that game came
1: out, it had a lot of problems too. Not near as what Cyberpunk has. Right. But yes. Case in point, all of CD project Great's games have been buggy on launch. Mm -hmm. And most likely, you probably played the enhanced edition of The Witcher 1, the enhanced edition of 2, or the Game of the Year edition of 3. Right. Most people didn't jump on Witcher 3 day one. Mm -hmm. Like, it was one, because especially because, like, okay, Witcher 3, Game of the Year. Okay, cool. So the people probably played it then, and by then, it had a lot of fixes. Case in point, uh,
0: when the Witcher Netflix series dropped the day that the first or well, they didn't do it weekly, but the day that that came out, the Witcher 3 Game of the Year edition had more sales on Steam than it did on its actual launch.
1: Yeah. So I I do think that CD Projekt Red and they didn't help because they they hyped the game up themselves, too. Yeah. Cyberpunk had too much hype. It definitely did. It was one of those situations where it
0: was impossible to live up to, you know, the expectations that people had, much like um, 76 in a way. And um, I would say No Man's Sky, too. Yeah, No Man's Sky is the perfect example. Um, Granted, that game, since it has actually launched, has become what they said it would be, but it wasn't there when they said it would be
1: there and that's kind of the thing people are upset about Like, I like to point out I, I'm not saying that, that the people complaining are all just complaining for no reason mm-hmm. this game is uh, like the way this game has been launched is unacceptable like I'm playing it because I'm a lot easier to please but I like I just because I bought the games I'm going to play it I've already right. dedicated time I wanted to see the story through So I did it I would not recommend anyone buy two copies like I did Yeah I if, if you already bought it I recommend refunding it If you're gonna get it later Then sure keep it until it's fixed But like even then Like I wouldn't recommend this game to anyone
0: Yeah um, Which sucks because I like it I personally have not played it myself But I feel like I would be in the same boat as you I'm a very easy to please person um, but I, <clears throat> I'm still going to wait just for them to get some more bug fixes in there. Um, so I'm going to say probably wait like me until the next gen versions by then they'll probably have a lot of the main things fixed. Um, and it'll be a much better time for you. I'm
1: wondering what they're going to patch in. Cause I've been playing through some of the, uh, so I've pl- I've had three files so far in this game because I wanted to play through the three life paths. Mm-hmm. They are short, really. Like Corpo is the shortest one. It is a walking simulator. You walk into corporate building. You you apparently are going to start this big heist espionage thing, and then right as it's getting good, some Corpo agents come in and say, "Hey, you're fired. Give us the chip." They leave, and now you're nothing. And then Jackie says, "Hey, come live with me for a bit." And then it starts you into the regular prologue that every, no matter which life path you get, you have to play this mission. The street kid, same thing. You're going to steal a car and you're expecting a high-speed chase and, oh, nope, cops came already. And then they they smack you in the head and then V's like, ah, don't worry. That officer's from Haywood. He wouldn't do anything to us. He just let us go. And then they throw you into Night City again. The only one, like, I will say this, the only path that makes sense story-wise is Nomad. Like Interesting. that one has a car chase scene. It has this cool moments of like, you got to get past the border patrol. So you got to be a little smooth, talk it through. Like it, it makes the most sense to play because also the way they, the way they throw you into night city is almost as if you have never been there before. And if you're a corpo or street kid, you should be there. Mm-hmm. Like there are characters you should know. Right. And the way they, they, they give it to you is like, Oh yeah, you don't know what this is. Whereas as a nomad, you really wouldn't know what any of this is.
0: See, that's that's the path that I was planning on taking originally, but I'm glad to hear you say that
1: that one actually fits the world better. I, I was going that route because there. So, Cyberpunk does have romance options. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, one of them is a nomad woman, which I thought, based on the trailers, was going to be someone you met early. I haven't met her yet. Well, I have. She walked past me, but I couldn't go to her because story. Right. But I was like, no don't go <laughs> um, but uh, yeah Nomad is the best way to go. it sucks too because I'm playing so I on the PS5 version I'm playing as the Corp mm-hmm. the dialogue for Corp is great because you're a lot more smart about things you're more you can be a lot more like um, smart about things so you'd be like okay like you the corporal options are you pretty much telling people how it works you know how mind games work you know someone's bullcrapping you when they when they are there's a lot but nomad i really think just fits the story of Cyberpunk way better because it's like yeah you're new to night city so is this kid punk who's a nomad who left his clan mm-hmm. so it just makes sense so yeah life paths suck for the most part. Nomad's the best way. I'm going to, I'm going to replay the game as a nomad just to get the full experience. Mm -hmm. But I start, I've already started Corpo and I'm not going to redo it. Right. But yeah, this game is, this game is fun. I I, I would recommend, I, I would recommend it when it's fixed. Yeah. As of right now, if you are thinking about it, if, if you have a PS five and a series X or a PC that can handle it, sure. Go ahead and get it. If you don't have those, do not buy this game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I think it's nice that
0: we can talk about the issues that it has now, and still have the faith that it will get
1: fixed. Um, I mean, we can use the two examples: No Man's Sky and Fallout seventy six, mm-hmm. and even Elder Scrolls Online. That when that game launched, it was terrible, and now it's one of the bigger MMOs out there. Yeah, Fallout seventy six has its dedicated player base that beat Avengers. So there yeah. you go. It's still kicking despite it. Despite some people wondering why. It's like, well, because people play it. People are adding, like, if if it didn't have the money maker, if it didn't make anything, they wouldn't support it. Yep. They'd cancel it. But it's still making money. People are still playing it because it's Fallout, but online. You go to No Man's Sky. That game kept getting updates. They did the smart decisions with those games. They went radio silent, didn't talk to anybody, and just started updating the game, putting more stuff in, doing whatever. And, yeah, like, at the Game Awards... Sean Murray was surprised. You see yeah. him drinking. He goes, Oh, and then he goes, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, but mm-hmm. I would say deserved. Cause yeah, they've made a point to make that game. Good. Yeah. Um,
0: another thing I wanted to bring up just from the game awards. Uh, we, I don't think we talked about this yet, but the among us devs winning those two awards that they got best mobile game. And, um, was it multiplayer? Let me double check that. Um, the Among Us team is four people. It was, okay, it was multiplayer in mobile games. Um, but seeing the way that they all talked about their experience making the game and crying in the middle of their little speech, that was very heartwarming to me. And then shout out, they, they got it on the Switch now. Yeah, that was a announcement actually from today from uh, Nintendo's Indie World thing. Um, Their final announcement today was that Among Us was coming out on Switch later today, so most likely it's already on there. Um, And that's massive. Like, that's the first console that that game is on, and it's probably going to sell, like, hotcakes.
1: I mean, I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to go home and buy it after this. (laughs) Yeah, that's... It's Among Us, and now I'm actually going to jump on... I will say, though, how that works with, like, the... Chat function because, mm-hmm. like, we all know Nintendo doesn't do party chat very well.
0: Yeah, so Nintendo
1: I, and online does not uh, mix very well. You'll probably still have to play on Discord for some people, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited that game's getting more recognition. I'm excited it's out. That's a game that you know four people made a really small indie game, but it was polished and well made, and it works. An entire hundred man plus team couldn't build a giant open world to make it work day one on the consoles. They announced it on. I
0: think it has to do with ambition and expectations by those two very different teams. Um, The among us team definitely knew what they were striving for. They got what they wanted and they didn't try to push it. And it turned out great. Cyberpunk on the other hand, they knew what they wanted And then they kept knowing more that they wanted. And it's kind of a mess right now.
1: Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in those three years before pre-production of how many ideas they threw out there. Because that's three years of idea crafting and story building. Mm -hmm. And then pre-production happens. And then you're like, well, this won't work. Well, now we got to cut this. Then you start making the game and go, oh, this is going to be ready on time. Like the game was originally meant to have first and third person. Yeah, I remember that. Or or it was going to have third-person cutscenes or whatever it was going to be, and they scrapped that whole thing. So now the whole game's in first-person, which, to be fair, I will say I like that better.
0: Yeah, I think think that's a good choice on their part, um, just because it feels more immersive in first-person. You can see a lot more of the tiny details in the world. Um, But for the people that were expecting that
1: uh, option... To, as- to be fair, they they did say that earlier before release that okay we're cutting this one, mm-hmm. but still there was a lot like they had the entire twenty I think it was the twenty eighteen demo was that third person mixed with first person gameplay yeah I and it was that. like oh man could you imagine if that was the game we got we didn't I and here's the thing is what what also upsets me is how they hit it like if you look at any cyberpunk review it's on the PC. Yeah, and and then all the reviewers told people hey we're not allowed to use our own footage right now so we have b-roll that CD Projekt Red gave us so they knew this wasn't going to look well so they tried to hide it as best they can yeah it's a
0: it's a weird scenario I would love to have like an in-depth interview with someone that's completely honest with no uh,
1: like corporate speak thrown in there I'd love to see Jason Schreier take a stab at this like get his context see what's up because mm-hmm. he broke the whole anthem story yeah the uh, the anthem thing was huge I would love to see what he says about Cyberpunk what he gets on that because if, if it is just like hey a bunch of these corporate dudes straight up were like we have to release this because it's Christmas time mm-hmm. and the new consoles are out plus people still have the old consoles because that's what it feels like is that it was just money yeah, which when you break every one of these down is, of course, they have to make their bottom dollar, mm-hmm. which to be fair, they already did. Eight million pre-orders. They made all of their production costs back day one. So now anytime Cyberpunk gets, gets sold, it's profit. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like they could have pushed it back more, but they already had pushed it back so many times that people were so upset at them. Yeah. Um, it's
0: it's the same situation that I think Final Fantasy 15 was in. Um, that game got pushed and pushed and pushed, and
1: then like a month before it was supposed to come out, it got pushed again. Uh, well, and- apparently it got pushed again because of Persona. They didn't want to fight with Persona in Japan or wherever, whenever Persona released. So they, they waited and then pushed it back, even though they had an entire press conference for the release date and then still pushed it back. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a bad move. But yeah, that's actually a good example like uh, barring bugs cuz Final Fantasy 15 at least was playable. Yeah, it didn't have very many bugs at all, but the cut content is where it really hits. Well, if you look at like the Versus 13 trailers, Mm-mm. it was such a different game. Yeah. And then you look at the first trailer for when it was relaunched as 15, that was still so different than what we got. Like, that's a that's a really interesting game to look at because you're like, okay, what would we have gotten? I would love to see a documentary on that one just covering the production. It probably doesn't help that Nomura was also taking care of Kingdom Hearts while also developing a Final Fantasy game.
0: It feels like there are four Square Enix employees and Nomura is helping all four of them at the same time. <laughs> Well, yeah,
1: because, like, he's he's closely related to everything they do. Yeah. And it's like, why? They let, him, to- let him do his own thing, which I guess now is Final Fantasy VII and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, man. Just let him do his thing. Like, don't butt in. Like, if he's working on a project, Square, make him work on that project. Mm-hmm. But it's because he's a veteran in that company. Yeah. Like, he's been there for years. I mean, Final Fantasy VII is the reason that... He's the reason that game is good. Mm-hmm. Like, spoilers for Original seven, Aerith dying was his idea. Yep. Not the creators. Not the... They were going to kill off the whole cast.
0: Yeah, they were... Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Luke is the one that turned me onto this fact. But um, originally, they were going to have it to where you
1: picked... Was it two or three extra? It was a full party a full party, I think. It was like three. I want to say they gave you three, maybe, but then everybody else everyone else was supposed to die in some sort of airship crash or something like that. And Nomura, the guy that everybody calls a hack and ruins things, was the one who said, Hey, people how are about, hate you. Yeah, it's like people are gonna hate you. How about you kill off one character in, in that aligns with the vision of the original story, which is the fragile the fragility of life. Yeah. So they killed Aerith. That was his idea. Which is
0: eye-opening to me. There was a not super recent but quite recent interview with him um, about the production of Kingdom Hearts 3 where he said that that game was going to be the darkest in the whole franchise. Um, Characters were supposed to die, not become heartless. Nobody, oh, they're trapped in the darkness. They were going to fucking die. And that got cut because
1: Disney had heavy claws in the development of 3. And it sucks, too, because I remember one of the original, like, articles that I read was when I was still in, a freshman in high school, where he talked about oh, yeah, Kyrie and Sora were gonna get together. There were, It was gonna be a love story with them. Mm-hmm. Riku might, like, Riku, he was even saying, like, I might kill off Riku. Like, he told people that. Yeah. I might kill off Riku, or people are gonna die. We don't know what's gonna happen. Like, he was being very, very upfront about how he wants this game to be dark. Right, And then, you know, what we got was... Reddit friendship and yeah, like oh, friendship. Like the final boss, Xanort was forgiven. Yeah,
0: which is that's one of the almost as bad as I
1: Abby have. and Ellie. No I'm <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> Nah, I'll I'll take Last of Us twos ending over threes any day.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, the whole thing where it's like, okay, he's dead now. We forgive you. <laughs> and then he just goes to heaven.
1: Yeah. Like straight up, which I mean, sure. Forgiveness, whatever. I dude, he's been a thorn at my side since I played birth by sleep. Since I played the first game. Yeah. Let me now kill they're, the making, man. they're making a whole mobile game about how much of a piece of shit he was. <laughs> we know we played all the games. We yeah. know how much of a piece of shit he was. Whatever. I'm, I'm not talking about kingdom hearts. <laughs> We're talking about cyberpunk. Another disappointment. No, nah, I, I, I just think hype ruins things in general. Like, to be fair, CD Project Red put out a bad piece of media. Or at least a bad present presentation. Because the story's great. When it works, the gameplay's phenomenal. I love the shooting. It feels really good and punches really well. But yeah, man, like I can't forgive the, the state that some of these like some people are playing this game in. And yeah. like, yeah, it's playable now. But on the day it was supposed to be playable. Like they 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 marketed this game mm-hmm. as PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, they really did. Um, they said next gen upgrades were coming. Mm-hmm. They weren't there though, and they're not here yet. Yet still, it's and the like the amount of marketing that they did was astronomical. Yeah, like I mean, how many how many of their own press conferences did they do? Like they did five of them. Mm-hmm. The Night City wires, like the amount of times we saw them on Xbox's stage, Keanu showing up. Yeah, like that was the most hype moment of an E3 I've seen in a while Mm -hmm. where I was like, yo, this is sick. So it's like the game. And again, they didn't help themselves because the game was overhyped by them too. Yeah. So yeah, like the game needed to be pushed back again. I just felt that, I mean, you remember what happened when they, when they made the game gold, they said, Hey, cyberpunk is gold. It's Mm -hmm. ready to go. And then they pushed it back again. Look, people were getting death threats, like people were screaming and crying like, Oh my gosh. Like I asked off work for this game. Yeah. Like I like people were freaking out. Like this game was going to be the next coming of Christ. Yeah. And it was like, like, yeah, you and me love video games, but like, dude, it's a game.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like I, I asked off for the game awards and just luckily that happened on the same day. Mm -hmm. Like if the game awards hadn't happened on the 10th, I wouldn't have asked off. Mm -hmm. I would have gotten the game before I went into work and then went home and installed it overnight and played it later. Right. Like yes, I was hyped for this game like everybody else. But it wasn't going to be this life-changing oh my gosh thing. Mhm. And I feel that some people, like there are people who are like straight up going like I'm never buying a CD Project Red game again. And it's like I mean sure that's your prerogative, but like I think you're overreacting. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's a widespread thing with gaming specifically.
0: Um I think a lot of it is because of escapism.
1: Yeah, especially this year.
0: Yeah. Um I mean I personally do it myself. I'll I'll turn on a game and play it for a whole day and just lose myself in the world, but there comes a time where you have to disconnect yourself and, you know, get back to everything else you have going on because when your whole life revolves around if a video game runs well or not, like I think you
1: need to reevaluate some things. And, like, this isn't us, like, giving CD Projekt Red. Like, I'll, I'll say it again. This isn't unforgivable. Right. Like I mean, the, w- the way... There's some noise outside <clears> my door. Sorry.
0: <throat> it sounded very diarrhea-esque. Yeah. We'll check that out soon. Let you guys know next time if it was diarrhea. But, um, yeah, like, they're, they're a company that makes video games, and their one priority was this game. So... it's definitely not acceptable, but what else isn't acceptable is how people are reacting in a
1: lot of ways. I think there's a lot of, because there's things is both sides of the spectrum have a lot of good things to say. Cause yeah, if this was EA or Ubisoft, Mm -hmm. they'd be just dragged through the mud. Yeah. Like there are people defending CD project red, like hardcore saying that there's no, like I've played the game for four hours and I have no bugs or crashes. I was like, you probably've had bugs. You just don't care. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Sure, I'm having fun, but it's because I don't necessarily care about a lot of bugs. Like, yeah, the base game when it was T posing and everything, that was bad. Yeah. But like when I when I got the hot fix and when it got updated, the game was way more playable. I was able to go through things. And yeah, I had a lot less game breaking besides the game crashing. That's the only like big problem I have with the game. Like if if that wasn't a thing, I'd be saying, yeah, the game's pretty alright right now. But still, I wouldn't be sitting here going, They're not, dude, they're not at fault. It was your, like, the one that gets me is people going, what'd you think trying to run this game on current gen or last gen? Because now it's last gen. Right. And it's like, what would you, what'd you expect? Like, not having a good PC or PS5 or whatever. It's like, because not everyone can get those. Exactly. And they said it would run. And also, yeah, they said it would run. Like, you can't blame the consumer. When this is absolutely CD Projekt Red's fault, but you also can't sit there and demand them to burn the building down and like say like if these aren't in the game by this time they're dead to me yada yada and like all that like it's like Mm -hmm. now you're just overreacting over a a plastic disc yeah and a bunch of ones and zeros that realistically mean nothing Mm -hmm. like I love Fallout New Vegas. If that game was taken away from me forever, it's like yeah it would suck, but I'd move on. Right. Like, it's a video game. Like, yeah, me and BJ have games that mean a lot to us, but realistically, at the end of the day, it's like, these are still toys. Yeah. They're just a very interactive A lot of those games I
0: haven't played in 10-plus years at this point, but they're still, you know, important to me because of the time I had with them. But I'm not dying without playing
1: Professor Layton every other day. So, again, I think this is a problem of overhyping the game on both sides and then the ambition they had that they just couldn't reach mm-hmm. because it didn't help that this game was her- this game was heralded as like the killer of multiplayer battle passes and like oh look who's gonna show you how single-player games are really meant to be done yeah like oh i was gonna get immersed in this game like like no other and it's like and it was marketed to the level of original final fantasy 7
0: which also didn't help much
1: yeah, like Final Fantasy VII had a like the original had a lot of marketing in the states. Mm-hmm. Like this was the breakout hit for JRPGs. Yeah, this game was being marketed as like the next wave of open world RPGs. Mm-hmm. Like they they even said like this was going to be next level stuff. And then look what we got.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, it's becoming more common. I feel like in this new age of gaming. Uh, I mean, No Man's Sky did it. Seventy six did it. Anthem really. did it. Anthem definitely did it. Um, Anthem,
1: though, hasn't recouped. Right. The game is still dead, despite a 2.0 supposed to be coming out. Hasn't. They they straight up have been, hey, yo, Mass Effect of Dragon Age. Mass Effect yeah. of Dragon Age. <laughs> Get him out. What's Anthem? We don't know. Put it under the rug.
0: But, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to take time. We'll see how everything turns out. I think in two to three years, this game will be
1: heralded as... A great thing Um, It's definitely going to be The like the No Man's Sky Because people still give No Man's Sky a lot of shit Yeah and to be fair Deserved like I want to give it to that Any game that lies to you Like any company that lies to you about what they're selling Is not acceptable Right, And it's the same thing here CD Projekt Red said the game runs surprisingly well On current gen Mm
0: -hmm. It
1: does not So it's just one of those things That it, there, it's going to be remembered forever, but I do think this game is going to come back because of the writing. And yeah, CD Projekt Red will happily add things now that the game is out and they can actually take time to work on those things. I wouldn't be surprised if the first patch adds in barbershops or whatever, or the first DLC like expansion adds in like all these customization stuff and all these extra things they that were supposed to be there. I wouldn't be surprised if like watch DLC to be like oh you're running through and now you meet a parkour group mm-hmm. and now they teach you how to wall run and like parkour through the city and now that's another way of traversal i wouldn't i'm not going to try to hype people up over this but like that's a way they could do it right and i mean we saw that
0: sort of thing where they add just whole new elements to gameplay in dlc skyrim's a very good example riding the dragon mm-hmm. riding that was the... dragon building homes mm-hmm. that was a huge addition to that game it didn't come out until
1: much farther after and plus they're also going to give us free DLC so I wouldn't be surprised if those things like um barbershops and tattoo parlors and like plastic surgery places like for the customization Mm -hmm. just get thrown in there like hey we're putting in the store it's free download it and it's like cool that's awesome and, it, and I guarantee you this is going to, like, push me to replay the game because I'm going to finish it, probably shelve it for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see these updates and these patches come in. I'll happily replay it with yep. new with new eyes. I would love if their first DLC is, is, hey, we're expanding the life paths. Mm-hmm. So now the prologues with these these paths are not just at max an hour. Like, no, you're going to get, like, a good quest line with them, and then you get to jump into Night City. I would love that. And again, this game, you can kind of tell, was pushed because it's the holiday season. Yeah. uh, And so I could see that being the biggest reason as to why it it sucks right now or it presentation sucks because, and like immersion wise, like the story is great, but like, there's not much else to do. Yeah. like side content there's like not like they have side ge- side quests which are story driven side quests that are actually really cool mm-hmm. they have side gigs which are the normal hey take this here do that hey kill these people here cuz that's what you're paid to do right but then they also have like hey you can go pick up rides like hey here's a new car no it's no one's go buy it if you want it and so they have a lot of this stuff that you can do but yeah a lo- there's a lot less immersion to it cuz it's it is mo- they've they've changed the marketing some point where they stopped calling it an RPG and started calling it an action uh, adventure game. And that's Mm -hmm. what it is. This is an action adventure game. It is not an open world RPG. It has RPG stuff in it. The way you build your character, the weapon system, all that stuff's RPG, but it's very light. Yeah. It's, it goes back to that whole thing that I have
0: with December games where um, Xenoblade Two is a good example. Uh, when I heard that that was coming out in December, I was like, "Okay, well, this is either going to be exactly what they wanted it to be, or they've had to push it up to make it fit this year in December." And I feel like that might be. Well, I mean, it definitely is what happened here. They should have delayed it again. But
1: I, I, I think it was another thing. Was expectation was they delayed it one. They delayed it like what three weeks uh, this past time it was three weeks to a month yeah they delayed it barely and then people still got up in arms about it yeah and so it's like i would have just said screw it take the bullet and delay it again Mm -hmm. and just say and straight up but be transparent like look we tried current gen consoles cannot run this game Mm -hmm. we need more time um and like it'd be one thing or it'd be one thing if they said like hey you have to buy this game. If you have original Xbox, original PS4, you shouldn't buy the game. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a One X, you have a PS4 Pro, you have the next-gen consoles, it, it's not going to be nearly as good as the PC, but hey, it's something. If they would have just been more transparent, this would be a lot less hate. Because the problem, I don't think many people would necessarily care. Like, yeah, that sucks, but, like, it was the lying. Yeah. That was the biggest problem, is that, like, a company like CD Projekt Red, who's been very open and honest before just kind of lied now so i don't know man yeah.
0: Welp, that's all we have to say on cyberpunk for now we'll keep you guys updated with patches uh if there are any massive fixes um you're playing through it a couple of times on different platforms so
1: i'm sure you'll be seeing most of what they do yeah in different forms and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the, the different endings or whatever. I'll do a full... I mean, obviously, I'm going to wait for BJ to play it. But we'll do, like, a full spoiler review mm-hmm. when we're both done with it. I'll give... Once I beat the game, like, enough where I feel like I've done most of what it offers, mm-hmm. I'll give, like, a full, like, spoiler-free kind of rendition of it. Because, I, like I said, I like what I'm playing so far when it works. It's when it's not crashing realistically. but And, yeah, some of the bugs are hilarious. Like, I've had one of those bugs where my car mm-hmm. flipped and RKO'd somebody. <laughs> and so like, I thought that was hilarious, but like, yeah, it's, I can understand people who like play these for immersion. Mm-hmm. This is unacceptable. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I've played so many RPGs at this point that I kind of just, if you've played a Bethesda game, you kind of expect bugs at this point, but yeah, so like bugs I'm cool with, but when the game just doesn't work and doesn't function, that's where the problem is. So yeah, the crashing is the biggest thing, but yeah, all in all, <laughs> If I were to give, if I were to n- grade it, like number wise, story and combat, eight out of ten. I would say story nine out of ten, but presentation's like a five, maybe even less, because it, it doesn't run well. Like we're getting there. The new hot fix fixed it, but it's not there yet. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's about all in Cyberpunk I want to talk about right now. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play it, but I'm, I am a little upset, and it. It's, it sucks because I'm in that middle ground of like... I enjoy the game, so I like see, seeing people talk about it. But I am critic, I'm critical of it, so I like people criticizing it. Mm-hmm. But when it's like too far on one side, too far on the other, it's like I feel just alone. Yeah, so that's a big problem with the internet. Um, people will look for an echo chamber
0: for their opinions. And once they find it, they never have to change or
1: evolve their views. But yeah... Other than that, um, I I guess I'll bring up the ideas we had that we'll say to you guys, but we talked a bit before the podcast of kind of the plan for the channel. Um, We have a capture card incoming. That's probably the next thing we're going to buy. And then we're probably going to start recording, like actually recording videos on YouTube, throwing up all sorts of uh, content, whether that be Let's Plays, we could do reviews, anything smaller discussions that don't warrant an hour and a half of podcast time and maybe, maybe for that we could also kind of like we enjoyed the game awards podcast but that went on for too long we can be completely honest yeah definitely but we could probably do something like that as a video um but yeah we, we have plans and we're hoping to get through a lot of them mm-hmm. so hopefully here i want to say probably starting i want to say realistically starting in january but who knows we might bump up that timetable i'm not sure but yeah depending on what we can acquire in that time period it might be so yeah but we have plans where we kind of we're gonna see what happens I, I realistically think one of the first games we will roughly actually play is probably like a dragon age yeah maybe like i, I want to play streets of Rage 4 mm-hmm. so probably run through two games at once so we have at least something to go off of but yeah I think we we have ideas, we have plans, so be on the lookout for those, definitely. And as always, take
0: it sleazy.